I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So you can have half of my Vicky action figure business if I can have half of your cockerel business. Hello everybody and welcome to Vicky Patterson, The Secret 2. This week I am speaking to arguably the nicest man in the world. I mean, I'm sure everyone thinks they know the nicest man in the world, but I, I definitely think this is the nicest man in the world. It's, of course, my MasterChef buddy, the one, the only, Greg Rutherford. Welcome, buddy. Greg, like, come on, you are probably one of the nicest men in the world. Is that not fair? Oh, that's a very <laughs> lovely thing to say. I don't think everybody agrees with that, but that's a very nice thing. Hey, I always try to be nice to everybody I can, very similar to yourself. So, yes, my, my, equally, we are equally then the nicest people in the world. That's what we'll go with. Oh, you charmer. It is, of course, Greg Rutherford, ladies and gentlemen, my lovely friend. And if it wasn't for him, I probably would have won MasterChef, but I <laughs> oh, still no. fucking love him anyway. <laughs> You've brought it straight up. Oh no, I still yeah. It's a really weird thing, like a show like that, because it when obviously when everybody comes friends as well, it's like then you bring it up, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, somebody had to win that and it's mm-hmm. you always feel a little bit awkward. But yeah. Sorry. No, but if it had to be anyone, like I'm pleased it was you. If it had been Razor, I would have been fucking fuming. <laughs> 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 We'd have never heard the end of it. Could you imagine? No, no. Do you know he told us? I don't know if I told you this because you know how I don't. If, if there are some MasterChef fans listening, I'm assuming they are. You've got me. You've got Greg this week. So, um, you kind of obviously there's a winner, which was Greg in this circumstance, and then they don't kind of go like you don't po- you don't podium place. There's not a silver and a bronze. No, no. It's just literally like oh, you two are the runners up. Yeah. And Razor um, admitted to me he was like I tell everyone I came fucking second, you came third. <laughs> Really? Yeah, I was like, it's fine. I tell everyone the same thing. Oh, razor! You didn't have to bloody add salt to the wound. Yeah, no, bastard. Oh. But no, it was a very, very well deserved win. Oh, my thank friend. you. Well, it was a very good. It was a very good final. I think we we all had fun in there. At least it was. Yeah, and two of us going for lamb. That was always a it was always a risky manoeuvre, I guess. Yeah, and this this was the idiot who chose to go up against the fucking gold medalist, no? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, the thing is, well, I don't know about you, but when when I went on the show, I literally went on and my, my first thought was, don't be the first one out. Don't be the one that goes first because, like, oh, that's absolutely. such a terrible thing. Like, And, and everybody's mm. like, oh, you went on MasterChef, how did you do? Yeah, first out in my group. And they go, oh, yeah. Oh, and I was like, right, okay. Then I got through, like, a couple of days. I was like, oh, well, it'd be nice to sort of go, like, 
I could be like Master Chef semi finalist. That'd be really nice. And then you get there. But genuinely, the whole way through, I was just like, just try not to bugger anything up. That was basically the whole way I went through. <laughs> try not to bugger it up too much. And then somehow at the end, it sort of finished as it did. But it was good fun. I had, I had a great laugh. We all had a good, we had a good laugh. Like, especially when, when we all went to Tenerife. Hey, that was good. Oh my laugh. God. It was so much fun. Like, I really do feel super lucky that we got the year we did yeah. with you, with Reza, with Dillian, with like, Dom, for God's oh, sake, like, no. so amazing. We were super, super lucky. But I do think, um, I do think you were always going to win it. And I'll get on to that in a second. But, like, okay. this is just, I am so impressed with your determination, your work ethic. And I think it has to play a huge part in why you are so successful in everything you do. I mean, you've got a gold medal, for God's sake. <laughs> it doesn't just happen overnight. It's not an accident, Greg. Do you know what? Like, with anything and everything I do, I no matter what it is i will always try my absolute best i'll try like mm. unbelievably hard and i think probably from the years of of jumping into a sandpit because i always sort of say this i mean it is that i basically i ran in a straight line i jumped into a sandpit that was my job i was very fortunate <laughs> that i was pretty good at it and could win medals doing it but it's a bit of a daft job and it's not very transferable because now i'm retired from <laughs> track and field i'm doing other things running and jumping is not useful but what is useful is obviously having a mindset where you have the ability to sort of push yourself a bit harder um, and just try very, very hard. So, I mean, from all of the all the different shows like that I've done, I've always tried hard. Now, Master I was definitely better at than any others. Like when I did Strictly, for example, I was awful, but I trained probably 10, 12 hours every day just to try and become a bit better. But I was crap. Like fundamentally, and people go, no, you weren't. You made it Blackpool. I was like, no, everybody felt sorry for me because I had two left feet. But I, I had the most, like, the, the funny thing that people always mention as well is that like, I had such a, like, a deep concentration face. It actually looked like I was trying to murder my partner with my eyes. So I'm not sure it was right. It was neither good, good look of, of dancing, good look of my face. I mean, really, it was just terrible. But MasterChef, yes, I thoroughly enjoyed. And look, yeah, with everything I do, I, I say I always try hard. And with that, I tried really well. But we all did. That's the thing. I guess, yeah, I just, my brain is something that I can, yeah, I just sort of can push it quite hard, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's a funny thing. It's something that I'm lucky that I, I have and can do. Um, but I don't really ne ever know how to put that into words, really. I think, like, I mean, I'm exactly, I, I, I always forget you did Strictly, you know. You're a proper reality TV. <laughs> no, the state of me, eh? Like, you've. Yeah, I've done a fair few, baby. You're giving me a run for me money. I've run out now. That's the thing. <laughs> did you do? Did you do jump? No, I didn't do jump. No, did you do jump? God no, God oh, no. You imagine. I'm so working class. Like, don't think I can ski for a second. Well, mate. well, you say that. <laughs> so interestingly, I can ski and I did ski, but this isn't a this isn't like a a, a thing for me. It was just my, my dad had a second job, and bizarrely. It was a skiing instructor. So he was a builder during the day. He used to do that to earn extra money. Loved a bit of skiing. So we just learned oh. really, really young. But like, yeah, I mean, like we we went on like a few holidays, not many though, because couldn't really afford it. But I loved it. And and the one thing I always thought, I was like, maybe that's the one I should probably do. But then everybody gets like a spinal injury. <laughs> it's like, it's, oh it's awful. I'm so pleased you haven't, I'm so pleased you didn't do that one, Greg. Like, I'm not being funny. Like, I know there's risks in these certain reality TV shows, like things like Bear Grylls. Like, I remember Dom Jolly coming back from that and he, me and him did The Hunted. Oh, yeah. And he showed us, and it must have been like 10 years after Greg, and he's still got quite a profound and deep, like, I'd say cavern in the back of his calf from where sand, like, sand bugs ate away his flesh. 
What? When you're sleeping on the beach. I know. So th there are definitely like some dangers and some risks to these shows that we do. But like, let's have it right. Like chucking yourself off a mountain for other people's entertainment. That is by far the fucking silliest. So silly. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's not on anymore either, I don't think. It's not that, that they've, they've stopped it, haven't they? Because just literally everybody got hurt. So they had to stop doing it. I think, I think people started suing, if I'm oh. totally honest. <laughs> I mean, that's just me guessing. That's a, that's a dangerous <laughs> place to be, isn't it, for any TV show. Once, yeah. once, the, once the people on there start suing you, you probably don't want it's, to be doing it anymore. That is, that's awful. It's just game over, babe. Just game yeah, over. Yeah, we'll leave it there. Hey, well, back to more, Yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, cooking, there's not too... Although, hang on, you hurt yourself, didn't you? What was that? Was it... Um, in an oven, I'm sure, wasn't it when we were in Dover? Didn't you like grab oh. something and burn quite badly your hand? Yeah. Yeah, but I'll hurt myself anywhere, Greg. Like, that's <laughs> not like Master Chef specific. Like, I am the clumsiest and dopiest person ever. I think it's partly the reason, like, I haven't learned to drive because it's just me attention span. Like, you don't drive I could be either. super excited. No, I don't drive, babe. Like, I, I, I tried once, I did this. Um, reality TV show, weirdly. <laughs> um, Go figure, Vicky. Um, called, what was it, Celebrity Driving School. And um, my driving style was described as highly unpredictable and very dangerous. It wouldn't <laughs> let us sit me test. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Oh, I'm so happy no, about that. I was a hazard to myself and others so i'm not allowed to do it anymore yeah 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 mate yeah be yeah be careful that's all we'll say be be very careful with that one be smart um anyway uber's not complaining i'm a great customer so no i am um, i just i like i can love doing something and be having a nice time but then i get easily distracted so when i was driving it was like oh a doggy or it would be like oh look at that cloud it's sort of shaped like a lolly but like when i was in the kitchen yeah, dealing with like massive industrial ovens that yeah. just reach crazy hot heats and then big sharp knives and all the rest of it. And um, yeah, I just subsequently hurt myself an awful lot. There was the bad burn yeah, and then there was loads of loads of cuts. Um, and I definitely put a nail in a quiche once, a false nail in a quiche. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> that was that crunchy bit that Greg was talking about so much that he enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he loved it. Just added flavour. So no, I think <laughs> I think I probably hurt myself, but everyone else seemed to be fine. You didn't get any you didn't sustain any Master Chef injuries. Um, the only thing you? I had one I think and I was looking for it actually the other day and I think it's gone just about oh no, I can just about still see it. There's like a small scar mm -hmm. on my arm where I've got burnt on a tandoor in the first week. And that... What's a tandoor? So it's like, it's, it's like an, uh, what's the way of it? It's like a barrel oven, if you like, that gets really, really hot. Um, and it's used mm. in a lot of like Indian restaurants and things as well. And okay. I had to, I had to put some things in the tandoor, like drop, like, we'll say drop me, like mm -hmm. skewers, put them in. And then mm -hmm. um, obviously the entire thing is very, very hot. And I touched yeah, the top and it burnt my arm. So, uh, yeah, that was the only bad one I got, thankfully. But, I mean, like, that's the, people go on there genuinely. I mean, cuts, burns, bruises, if you like, walking oh, yeah. into an oven door. It's quite a, quite a brutal show. People don't realise this, you see. Master was a very brutal show. We go through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a tough job, but someone's got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it is oh, wait, For reals, though, I bet you one thing that people don't, understand, like, don't get about it, and you will agree with this, yeah, I'm sure you will. You know when you walk onto a set for, like, to film a show and you get on, and you're like, it's fucking tiny. And yeah, it looks massive on the telly. Like, I often thought that when I was on the jungle, like, I would walk into camp and be like, no offence, ITV, I'm a celebrity, great show, but I'd be like, is this it? Like, it's super small compared to what you see on TV. Um, but yeah, 
Oh, absolutely. That's like, that, might, I mean, that must make it even more difficult. The of the creek. Yeah, because everybody who's been, who, who I've spoken to has ever been on it, they just sort of said, yeah, there's not a lot really to do. Unless you're doing a challenge, there's not a lot to do. So for, for your headspace to be around people that I guess you don't particularly know that well, I mean, you might be lucky if you know one or two people on there, um, and you're there for large periods of time, not sleeping well, not eating well, like that's... That's recipe for disaster. I guess that's why some people on there as well, they, they struggle and then kick off and then there's arguments and whatever else. I mean, we've all been a little bit hangry over the years and, and said the odd <laughs> thing that we didn't really mean just over the uh, sort of a burger that's been half eaten and then dropped on the floor. Um, so, yeah, I can imagine that's difficult. Like that that must be, yeah, say for your head, that must be quite a, quite a challenge. For me, like one of the hardest things, like everyone was like, well, what about the bugs and what about the kangaroo balls in your mouth and all that sort of stuff? And I was like, well, I actually dealt with all of that very Sa- well. That's a Saturday night out in Newcastle, <laughs> that, isn't it? That's just... A... <laughs> Foot and water off a dog's back, son. <laughs> but no, it was... Yes, so right. It was the feeling trapped thing that yeah, got me. Um, and a bit and a bit bored. So like you wanted Ant and Dec to come in and be like, oh, there's a trial or... You, wa- you wanted to go and do like a dingo dollar challenge because it meant that you got up, you got out, you you felt like you were doing something because yeah, otherwise the, de- the devil does make work for, for idle hands. And yeah. when you're just sitting there in your hammock, man, your brain went to some weird places. It's hard. And, and the thing is, you know, people at home are watching you too, don't you? So you're, you're there's always going to be that, I guess, in the back of your mind. Like if I, if I said something wrong, how are they playing it? How am I being portrayed to everybody at home? Like it's, yeah, it's, it's difficult. It is. It's constant anxiety. Um, and I think that was, I think that's just pretty normal. Um, but this is what I meant. That's what I was going to say is when I walked into MasterChef, right, in the actual kitchen, it was the polar opposite of any TV experience I've ever had before because that kitchen looks bigger, is bigger in real life than it looks on the telly. Yeah, that's right. unheard of. Yeah, absolutely. It's huge, right? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of space. And I, again, I, very, like, equally, I was a bit like, oh, we're all going to be probably on top of each other. It's all going to be really, really close. And you walk in, you're like, good God, if you're at the back and somebody's at the front, like, you're not really yeah. going to have much conversation with them during the whole thing. I mean, there wasn't like, a lot of time for conversation, a lot of it anyway, because it's like, oh, God, chop, 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 in the oven, get it in the fryer, <laughs> whatever it would be. It's a bit manic at times. But it's, yeah, it is, but you're right. And it's, it's probably the only one I've ever been into. Um, which has been like that. So yeah, I don't think you're wrong there at all. Overall, we absolutely loved MasterChef and we had a total ball. Did it proper awaken something in you, Greg, like you'd never known existed? Because it did for me. Yeah, do you know what? In, in all seriousness, out, out of everything I've ever done, sort of before, after and around my career as a jumper, it was the first thing that I really realised that I properly enjoyed. Like I was like, good, good, do you know, actually, I really enjoy cooking. And there's something about it that I sort of, do you know what, this is something that I can also get better at, I can continually learn at, I can develop, and I can use. Because as I say, like the thing that I did for my, my career, if you like, my first career, it's not really transferable, like I said before. It's not, it's not an awful lot in there that you can really use in day-to-day life. Whereas cooking is Yeah, great. preaching to the choir here, well, <laughs> preaching to the choir. I've got a degree in foot and drama. <laughs> Well, hey, but if you want to work it, working in TV and everything else, I guess that's useful. I mean, you, if, if we're going in for the same job, they'll go, they're going, what have you got? A degree in drama. What have you got? Pretty good at sand-based antics. It's just like, what do you do? Like, how can you fluff up and make it sound better? I'm a long jumper. I mean, it's, it's useless. But it's, do you know what, with the cooking it's side not, things, man. it's better. Think of everything that made you get to that point, though, Greg. Like, you're so self-depreciating. Like, 
you had to be super dedicated. You had to be really ambitious. You had to be quite like, you had to make so many sacrifices. Like popping those things on a CV, man, like that's absolute CV gold. You're being far, it's far too modest. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it is a, it's a really interesting place to be when you're doing it. Because obviously the, the big thing about being involved with sport is that you have to do it because you love it, opposed to trying to think of any other gains that come with it. Now, something I think is really sad. Now, I go speak in, in schools and things and, and speak to younger youngins and sort of have these conversations about what they want to do and whatever else. And a lot still, especially young ones, they, they want to be involved with sport, predominantly football. And a lot of the time it's, do you drive a Ferrari? And you're like, oh, uh, no. And they go, oh, right, well, the football players do. And it's like, yeah, it's different. Just because, again, you do professional sport, it doesn't mean it's going to instantly make you a millionaire and that sort of stuff. You have to do something because you love it. And that works across every lifestyle and every job, every vocation that you choose to do. You have to find some form of loving it. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to give it 100% and do it. And and that was the thing with, with track for me. Like I, As much as, yes, we had to sacrifice a lot and I couldn't enjoy large parts of my, sort of my, my youth, if you like, because I feel very old now as I ache constantly. Um, <laughs> I loved it. Like The weird thing for me, like turning up to the track. So I'd leave my house when I, when I was training in London before the London Games. I'd leave my house at, say, 8, 8.30 in the morning. I'd get back at 5, 5.30 in the evening. So it's like a full-time job. And I'll be at the track and I'll be training, I'll be running, jumping, lifting, doing whatever I'm doing. And then I'd go home again. Now, what I was eating was obviously quite heavily managed and, and I had to only eat certain things. I had to be careful about sleep. Yeah. Obviously, alcohol consumption was very low. Um, I sort of made up for it at the end of the season. So we had like a four week block where we could do what we like. And then in that time, I very much made up for it. <laughs> like I definitely, and I, 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 don't, I don't obviously um, suggest this to anybody, but I most certainly binge drink for, for most of that time. And then went, then went back and had to lose all the weight that I put on again, which was always hard. But all of those things that are sacrifices, and, and they are, and I think for some, maybe they're, they're too much for them to handle and they struggle to do it. Because I genuinely, for most of it, not all of it, but most of it, loved what I was doing. It made it so much easier. And look, I, I, I had a bit, of a, a bit of a life in my late mid to late teens, if you like, I was off the rails a little bit and did a few silly things and was a bit naughty, got in a bit of trouble and whatever else. So I felt like probably I'd lived a little bit of that life before. <laughs> you're the way your eyes lit up then. I'm like, I'm like what did you do, Greg? <laughs> well, the, you basically... Said, come on. Well, no, look, I, I, spent, I spent probably my mid-teens um, through to probably really until I was probably about 21, if you like, where I, and I started mm -hmm. to properly settle down a bit more and take it a bit more serious. And I was training hard from sort of 18, 19 onwards. But from like 14, 15, I would, I would sort of drink a lot. I'd go to school drunk ever so often. I'd cause problems. I'd act out. Like I, I, got, I, got, I got myself in a bit of trouble, taken over by the police a few times, whatever. I was just doing silly things. Like no, nothing, never anything like serious like I, I never you weren't, like, you weren't robbing grannies or anything no like, god no no no, no. wkds exactly <laughs> and it was a lot of that and, and, it, and it was just this sort of rebellious phase and i think probably because for a large part of my youth as well sport had been everything i'd, I'd done and i'd seen friends having fun i was like right i need to have mm -hmm. some of this in my life um yeah. so i went against everything that i had done in order to to enjoy myself so then actually when i wanted to become truly professional um I think I found it easier to say no. Do you know what, right? I was just going to ask you. One thing, you, what you say is so profound there. And there's that saying, isn't there? Um, if you find something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Um, and I think that completely applies to your situation. And you're right, like, 
it, when your alarm clock goes off in the morning, if you're doing something that brings you joy, it's so much easier to get Absolutely. up. It's so much easier to apply yourself and to go that extra mile when you're getting such such enjoyment out of your job. It's like rewarding. Look, everybody generally has large aspirations and the, the, the aim and, and their what they're hoping for is to do something maybe that they're not in at that time. But I think generally you have to still at that point try and find some form of enjoyment out of whatever it is you're doing and maybe in the future mm. the, the plans that you had previously will come to fruition but it, it is one of those things that I think a lot of people also find it very very easy to just go oh, I hate what I'm doing this is awful whatever else and then it, mm. it, it spirals you into a, into a really not a good place because of, of where you are and I mean you're you're somebody you're like very very infectious so when it for, so for people who are listening who've never obviously spent time with you you are a very infectious person who will find the joy in nearly everything, which I think is amazing. Like, that's an amazing thing. And probably a lot of people can learn from it. You're that. making me sound like chlamydia here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's definitely not Sorry. the route I was... That's not the route I was going down. I was more going down the route that you're just... You're such a nice person to be around that everything is quite <laughs> fun. Everything is quite fun. <laughs> I love you. Uh, it's definitely not. I mean, yeah. I mean, oh god, yeah. Having chlamydia wouldn't be wouldn't be good as well. And Adam Tupper. I mean, if you've got it and they're listening, I mean, I hope you're you're treating it and dealing with it, of course. Um, but that is to, for people to find to, for people to find joy in in most things. Like I remember, like like we went to when we went to Dover, for example. That was like the first time, I guess, really we properly had. I'd like chatted and whatever else. And it wasn't like the nicest of days. It was a bit cold, a bit windy, whatever else. But out of everybody there, you were like the most buoyant person because for whatever reason, you were just sort of really happy, like just get on with it. Yeah, we're going to have a great time. We were teams, et cetera, et cetera. And that was, that was really infectious. And that's important. I think it's very important because it's very easy to see the negative in most things. But if you can be around people that see the positive, that's like, that's a great thing because it, it's, it rubs off on you. And I think that's a very important thing for a lot of people to remember. Oh, Greg, everyone needs a little tiny Vicky Patterson in their pocket. I should should think of um of monetizing my little personality. You should you should create like a doll, which like you like pull the cord in the back and then like oh. one of your quotes comes out. That'd be so good. Oh, I'd love that. So like pull the little drawstring at the back and it goes, I'm buzzing like an old fridge. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I would buy them. I, 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 you've already got one customer in me. <laughs> Although I feel like I've helped come up with this idea, so I sort of would, would like to be involved in the royalties, if that's all right. Oh, you are definitely getting royalties, Greg. Don't worry. We're in this together. <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> well, I 
I was just talking to you. I remember like how much of a good time we had on MasterChef. Um, and I do, I do miss it a little bit, but it is lovely now. Like I've took all of that sort of stuff I've learned and like I cook regularly. I find it calms us. I find me diets better. Like I just love it all. But like you have definitely come out of it absolutely smashing it. Because you've got this new um, contract with Morrison's. Did I say that on your uh, on oh, You your might Instagram? have seen it. Yeah, I've been, I, I, was, I was really fortunate that they, they asked me to basically create some recipes and we do like a, a mm. mini series uh of just cooking some different things they gave me some some genres if you like for me to to sort of throw in uh-huh. some ideas and then they they chose the ones they wanted and then we went with it and actually that was a really interesting thing for me because i and, and you'll probably be very similar in this situation things have changed dramatically during lockdown to turning up to a studio and having lots of people milling around you go in you do your bit you leave again now all of a sudden I'm having like camera equi- mm-hmm. equipment and sound equipment turning up at the house. I'm having to figure out everything. <laughs> I'm having to plug it all in. And again, I'm not the most technologically advanced human in the world. I'm not going to lie. You and me both. And I, and I was looking, I was like, oh God, like this is, this is actually quite difficult. And then uh, uh, the first episode that we shot, basically mm-hmm. the, the sound didn't work. And like I'm like no. oh, I was gutted. Me, you didn't film the whole thing. No, I filmed the whole, film thing. the whole thing. I filmed the whole thing, right? Derigged oh. after. So I filmed the entire thing, derigged, done the lot, got it all down. Having a drink, <sighs> genuinely like having a drink, like, yeah, got one out of the way. Brilliant. This Torsten, is really good. Torsten, your success. Exactly. I was. <laughs> no. Played it back and it was just no. my my face moving with nothing coming out. I was like, oh my God, are you oh, kidding me? Like Greg. this this cannot be and I went for it. I was like, no, 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 there's got, it's got to be there somewhere. It's got to be there somewhere. And it's like that panic. And obviously, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm an idiot when it comes to technology. And I'm like, what, what's happened? <laughs> so I had to set everything back up again, reshoot it, finally got it to work. But yeah, these are, these are not, time, times have changed a bit. Um, but I was, I was, I was really fortunate that. Punch in the dick, that man. Oh, like you wouldn't oh, believe. Like genuine. Like I, I, th- I think literally I'd cracked open a beer. I was like, yeah, got that done. We've nailed this. And, uh, Morrison's are going to be thrilled. Can you imagine? I sent them footage. Yeah. yeah. By the way, we can't hear you. So, yeah. Patting yourself on the back. And that I was, I was funny. I was like, I've got it. I was like, I was like you know what? I've, I mean, there's a camera on a tripod and I got it. I got it to work. It's just didn't get the sound to work. You complete moron. So, uh, yeah. So that was, that was difficult so learning. Hard. It is. It is. But look, as an opportunity and everything else, to be able to use the, the skills that I sort of developed on the show. And this is the thing. Do you know what? I, I'm, look, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you, you are the same as me. I learned on the show. So many people have gone to me. You must have had loads of cooking lessons. You must have spent like the last couple of years developing skills in order to, to cook. And I went, absolutely not. I went on and I practiced the night before the first show. And I was like, oh, I'll give it a go. And what I created generally looked like somebody had shat on a plate. Like, I kid you not. <laughs> like, I've, I have pictures. I still have pictures of it. And it was that bad. And it was just a case of, like we mentioned before, in my head, once I got through the first day, I was like, well, okay, like, if you practice more, read more books, mm-hmm. read, watch some videos on YouTube, there's a chance you'll develop some better skills and do even better. And that's, that's what I did. Yeah. I just push those skills, develop them on the show, and then at the end of it went well. And then, say, opportunities come up. And I've been thrilled to to sort of 
to have those opportunities and, I, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And do you know what as well, and, and you'll have this as well, there's certain bits of work that you do which you're quite proud of when you see it back and you're like, do you know what? Because I hate watching myself. I know I look like an idiot. I sound like an idiot. But no, no I, do, I, I can't stand my voice. Like It's like, it's so bad. I think you're so cute. Like, oh, I think you're so adorable on no. TV. Like, and I don't want to patronise you because you're a man. <laughs> I don't know if guys like that. But like, honestly, you are like as cute as a bunny in a bow tie. Oh, and I God, just I just feel like you. an idiot. I, honestly, like, I, I, like <laughs> people go, oh, you're, like this show's on. Are you watching? I'm like, no, I'm not watching because I'm on it. Like, I, I don't want to see myself sound like an idiot. So, like, obviously, podcasts are a great thing for me, where it's just my voice for half an hour or so. Um, but no, it's, it, it is one of those things that, yeah, having the opportunity then to go on and do other things um, is brilliant. And 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 again, look, the one thing I learned during my career is when you get an opportunity, is just to grasp it with two hands and do the very best you can. And saying, I'm really proud of the work that so far has been created with it. Um, and it, it is one of those things that, look. As I say, I try as hard as I did with anything else in my life whenever I try it. Like the one thing anybody always gets from me, be that in a in a, in a friendship, in a, a workplace, whatever else, I will try my hardest. I may not be good at certain things, but I'll try hard. I'm a try hard. But that's it. That, I'm a try. I'm a trier too. And there's that, there's that quote, as well, God, I'm full of them the day, but isn't it? It's like hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's what I believe, like... As a reality TV star, I joke about this, but I am, in, like, in essence, known for being talentless. That, like, I, I, I can't jump very far. I've never scored a goal for England. Like, I can't sing. I am literally like an ironing board with arms when it comes to dancing. Like, I have no discernible talents. So, for me, coming from a reality TV background, I make sure I'm always one of the most polite, one of the most hardworking, and just one of the most diligent fucking people in the room. Because you can say what you want about us being talentless or like absolutely robbing a living. I'll be the first person to say it as well. But what you can't say is that I'm not grateful and I don't work hard. Absolutely. But, but that that's that within itself, I think, is probably the biggest talent that anybody that works in TV can have, isn't it? I mean, like I say, like, there is, there's a lot of people that do it. There's a lot of people that have tried to do it and, and have failed to do it. And in the industry, and again, I've been in it less time than, than you have. If you are an ass, if you're not pulling your weight and not doing well, you won't <laughs> last. You say <laughs> If you are an ass, um, you won't. You you're won't. <laughs> you won't last because people yeah. people won't invite you back. And that was a big thing. Look, look, I got so much stick when I after London Games. And this, again, this comes down to the whole thing of grasping everything with two hands when you get the opportunity. I knew after London 2012, there was 29 Olympic gold medalists, right? I knew most of them would be forgotten by the general public very, very quickly. I, ju I just knew that was going to happen. There were certain names, and, and obviously I was very lucky to be sandwiched between Jessica Ennis and Mo Farah, who are two of the greatest athletes ever. So they'll always be remembered. So I knew I had yeah. to fight. I had to fight for my position. And I had to fight to have any form of, of anybody talking about me, asking about me or remembering me. Because if I wouldn't have, wouldn't have got involved, I'd have been forgotten. And that's fair enough. So what I did was I got involved with every TV show that was, was offered to me. I, I appeared on different game shows, whatever it was. I tried to have as much fun as I possibly could. But I got slammed for that. Like, I mean, social media is, a, is a dark place anyway. Like, I, I, like, it's brilliant for certain things. But it's also there is a mm -hmm. lot of hatred out there from hate sites through oh, to just people on, on the, and again we, I think we've probably both sh had people say horrible things in, in the past and it's it's not fun and all of a sudden I had everything I'd ever done questioned by 
a lot of people first of all on social media whatever else but then that spilled into others that say commentated on the sport and revolved so i was getting hammered oh. because i was appearing on tv shows but i'm sort of going well hang on i've been given this opportunity to appear on a tv show why wouldn't yeah. i like why would i not do that but it is you'd have to be mad not to well, you think if I'd have just turned around and said, no, like, I'm not going to do any TV. I'm just mm. going to carry on jumping. Bear in mind, it was the end of the season anyway, so it wouldn't have really mattered. But if I would have said no, I wouldn't have got those invites back to come and do other things. I never would have got an invite to come and do something yeah. like MasterChef. And things exactly. wouldn't be how they are now. So, yeah, people can be very, very vicious. And like there's a lot of a lot of people. Obviously, we, we've gone through this entire be kind thing as well. And I'd say even now, like there's there's been some real viciousness throwing up being thrown around. Um, which isn't pleasant, which I think is the other side of what people never realise. And again, me on a much smaller level as well, but people people are very, very quick to, to say some truly appalling things and they, they seem to forget that people are human, which, which I'm not keen on. Social media, right? And I know you've experienced some of this, Greg, so I'm not going to like teach you how to suck eggs. But, right... It, 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 exactly like you say, like there was the be kind movement, but that was rapidly replaced with the hashtag stay alert movement or the hashtag stay safe. Um, and then, I mean, the Black Lives Matter, that was pretty much just a hashtag to some people. And I think like these things, if, if you want to use your social media as a positive platform, if you want to galvanize people into doing something by by using your, your Insta or whatever, I think it's great. But these things, these these messages, they don't just forget, get forgotten. They shouldn't just be like pushed to the back of your mind when a new one comes along. Being kind to people across social media, in real life, wherever, is always fucking important. It wasn't just important for a little bit. And it's so frustrating. Instagram and social media has made people very comfortable saying things that they should be getting punched in the face for. Exactly. And I completely stand by that. No, completely. Oh, God, Glad you got that. High horse there. No, 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 no. But I 100% agree. People will literally say things they would never in a million years dream of saying to somebody's face. And obviously, it's all the talk of trolls and trolling and all that sort of stuff. But it, it's truly horrendous. Like it, some of the things that are said are truly horrendous. Um, and again, what I think what we come down to, like, so people move on very quickly, like you said, from from what is just a hashtag to certain people. But fundamentally, what I think underpins most of, of the, the hashtags and, and the movements that come out is probably being kind to other people. That probably underpins everything. And, th and that seems to be forgotten very, very quickly as well, which I just find, yeah, I find it very, very difficult. And I say that social media is a, is a wonderful place and, and it's a place I obviously work via social media as well, as you, as you do yourself. Like we use our platform to, oh, to, to work as well. But people seem to then think that that's like, Listen, a lot of me kind. No, completely. I know, I know, but that's the thing, especially in a situation like what we're in now <laughs> with the lockdown. I mean, it's true, though. And like, I don't think anybody should be ashamed. That's exactly how I make most of most of my money, if you like. It's it's through social media. And, and listen, if that was offered to anybody else, they would 100 percent accept it. But because it's not there, often it then becomes a place to throw throw a lot of shade at people which i, I again and you you wouldn't walk past one of those high-rise buildings in central london and walk into to the reception point at somebody at the desk and go oi you're an arsehole because you wouldn't do it it just wouldn't happen but all of a sudden like you can you can do it you can do it via social media like that i, I to us in our workplace. No, I get it. I get it. But it's weird, it's isn't it? And look, a funny image. Know, but you just imagine, <laughs> literally, oi, 
You. You're like, yeah, do I know you? No, you don't know me. You're an arsehole. Like, well, you don't, you don't know me. But anyway. Can I speak to Derek from accounts, please? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Derek. Derek. Hello? You're a dickhead. Yeah. Oh, oh. Do, have we met before? No, I just, I've walked past your desk nope. now nope. every day for the last year and I've decided I don't like you. Like, oh. Yeah. Fine. Good. Yeah. Poor Derek, man. I know. Poor Derek. <laughs> if there is a Derek listening out there that works in accounts, like, mate, give yourself holiday and, and you're not an arsehole. You'll be all right. You're a nice, nice <laughs> chap. But it is, isn't it? It's a funny old world. And, and like you like, <laughs> Greg, love you. Like, you're like, no, but it is a funny old world, isn't it? And like, like you sort of say, yeah, I'm exactly the same. Like when anybody sort of asks now, it's like, oh, what, what are you doing now? And I'll say, well, look, I do a lot of brand ambassador stuff. Um, again, TV-based works, commentary, etc., on, on sport mm-hmm. and all that, wherever else. And, and, and again, I'll finish it similar to you. I'll go like, I realise I'm very, very lucky that I've got this opportunity as well. But fundamentally, mm-hmm. it does come with hard work. Like you have to, you have to figure it out. Look, you've had your own shows and things as well. People think that you just turn up, do everything. You have to, you have to be on your shit for that. Like you have to be, because if you, if you're not, it's not getting commissioned. And do you know what? Right, I completely agree with you. But I think one of the things that set you in such good stead, and one of the things that does separate you from all of those names that did get forgotten, and one of the things that I just tell everyone about you is that you're so bloody nice <laughs> and like honestly like I would remember you if I just worked with you for like 15 minutes because you're so engaging you're warm you learn everybody's names and like you're just nice to be around and nice to work with Greg well, and I as well it doesn't that. hurt right that you are the housewife's crumpet aren't you <laughs> you absolutely are all of my mates want a portion of you I'm not even joking you <laughs> Oh God! I feel like those days have long gone now because like, I, I definitely don't nah, work out as man. much as I used to. Like I'm, I'm getting old now. Like I, I feel like yeah. And even then, look, I'm a weird looking ginger bloke. Like it's just, I mean, it's yeah. But the love it, Greg. The love it. That's part of your appeal. You've oh, got to just own it. Weird. You are getting better with age, like a fine wine. <laughs> yeah. I have your teeth done. Ginger That's bastard. what that is. Just own it. I literally, I, 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 I wanted, I wanted yeah, well, I got my top row done anyway. Because I used to have a horrible, like, tooth that poked out. So if you have, if you ever look at, like, pictures of me when I, when I won in London, I had this tooth, tooth poking out. And I was so self-conscious of it. I basically spent most of my young adult life incredibly self-conscious like very very self-conscious so then um after the olympics i was given the opportunity to change my teeth i changed my teeth a bit um so yeah good for you though good for you i'm not against it at all look listen if if, if something makes yeah. you happy and if you want to change something because you're not happy with it i don't like nobody else should have an opinion to tell you you're wrong for doing that if it makes you happy and obviously it's not dangerous of exactly. course um, mm. then I, I think people should be allowed to, to do what they like with themselves. It, it's, it's your body at the end of the day. So, honestly, couldn't agree with you more. Like, there's no shame in my game. A couple of years ago, well, probably about five years ago now, God, time just flies, doesn't it? I lost a whole heap of weight, and then me boobs were, um, sorry for this graph, graphic imagery, but they were just like a pair of spaniel's ears. <laughs> like, literally, mate, like two... The way, you can, the way you can put an, an, an image to something else, that is like, that's, a, that's a genuine skill. Never in a million years would have I said you were about to compare your boobs to a pair of spaniel's ears. Never. Oh, like, not these ones. No way. These ones are lovely now. Those were my old ones. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I got mine. I got my boobs done. Um, and, like, 
I've got quite a little bit of stick about that. I've took quite a strong stance about not altering myself too much physically, but I completely agree with you. Like if there's something that really bothers you, if it's a hang up since youth or something you can't change in a gym or with like exercise or nutrition, then I completely think like you should look into whatever makes you happy because life's for living and it is only short. We, we shouldn't be miserable if we can have the power to change it. Exactly. And, and, and yeah, and, and that is something that I think people forget like, fundamentally you're the person that has to wake up in your body every day and if there's something about it that you're not enjoying or so and as you say if there's something that is not not just down to a bit of a, a change at um at the gym or food based or something like that then why not why not do something that that makes you happier that that's the way basically i think with most things in life the way i see it like people need to people need to accept that other people are going to be happy through different means and as long as again it's not dangerous not causing other people harm let people be of course. like and again i think that comes down to probably how how things are on social media etc like let people be just just stop being an asshole to other people that's, oh, that's what it comes down to <laughs> greg i've had such a lovely time talking to you will you please come back and chat to me more in part two no that's it i'm out of here <laughs> part one's all you get today <laughs> Greg Rutherford, don't make me regret all those nice things I said about you. I'll see you in part two. (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.